from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Starting five here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Graham Hill producing the show. Uh, Dennis Cox will be with us later in the week. He's filling in for for Adam Gold, who's getting a well-earned vacation. Uh, Let's start with number five. Now, maybe, actually, NFL training camps are popping up all over my social media feeds. Training camp fights are popping up all over my social media feed. I've seen two different Travis Kelsey fights. I've seen the Browns running after practice for fights. I've seen at least two scuffles uh, in Panthers training camp. I've seen Jamison Williams being, I don't know, talked about uh, for throwing punches at Lions camp. There's been at least two in the same day at Jets training camp. A lot of fights. Now, there's a few th- few different ways to describe this. Uh, and, Graham, maybe you can uh, you can confirm or deny this. Um, there's been a lot of changes to Twitter recently, right? Obviously, the name X. But even prior to that, uh, I feel like there were changes in the algorithm. And suddenly, I was getting a lot of stuff on my, my feed that I did not want to see. And one of them, there was a lot of street fights. Did that happen to you? I didn't get a. I'm not going to name the. I'm not going to say the name of the page on air. But yes, there's a certain page that pops up on my tour. Maybe this is a discussion off air of just random fights taking yes. parts in like different and I, cities. And, and I don't like just as like my brain doesn't do well watching other people get hurt. Yeah, I, I get real squeamish, like squeamish kind. For of. example, ridiculousness on MTV. Yes, I have to steer clear of it. Nothing gets Rob Deerdack, or the, there's a lot of things wrong with Rob Deerdack. <laughs> but I'm just not a fan of. Uh, of ridiculousness it's or like any when, of that. When, like the skateboarding videos where someone's like ankle bends the wrong way. I I do not enjoy that at all, right? And I feel like that's a very high school thing where someone will have it on their phone and be like, yo, look Yo, at this. look at this. And I look, I'm like, oh, why'd you show me that? Like none of that does well for me. So maybe there's always been this many training camp fights. I know there's, there's a, you know, every once in a while, Aaron Donald is like taking a helmet and smashing a Bengal over the head with it or whatever it was. Throwback. Uh, like I've, I've seen the fights and I know they happen. Or maybe there's just more cameras around now, so so we're getting the footage of it. There's more. that. There's that. Maybe there. It's the, like Twitter thinks I'm really into fights because they give me all the the fight videos, which I scroll by quickly. Uh, and they also know I'm really into football, so when there's fights and football, they're like, "Oh, that's this guy's favorite thing in the world." But every time there's more fights in a training camp, I get more frustrated for the people that care about that team, right? Camp fights are always stupid. Always. That's your teammate, right? So even if you do what you're trying to do and you, like, connect with a punch square, you've just made your team worse. Yeah. And if you do what you're trying not to do, you're connecting, I don't know, throwing a punch, hoping to hit, like, their throat, and you you hit their helmet, then you break your hand. Now, again, you've made your team worse. I, I do not understand it in the least bit. And I know guys get upset, right? I know guys get worked up, right? I'm, I'm, we've all been in situations where we're the jerk in our friend group and they've got to grab you and say, hey, stop being a jerk. We've all been in a situation where we have to grab one of our friends and say, hey, stop being a jerk. Like we've all been there. But the thing is, we watch these guys play games. So I know you can turn it off. Yeah. Right? Like, like if you if, if NFL players were just getting in fights every game or, you know, a couple times a year in games, I'd be like, oh, 
you know, I guess this is a sport where the emotions just run so high that you can't stop it. But the fact that it's like, oh, there's a referee present, I'll turn this off. Well, turn it off when when it's just your team you're going up against, right? It doesn't make any sense to hit your own teammate. Especially someone like Jamison Williams, who we talked about, right? If you've already missed a full season, essentially, uh, I know you played at the end, uh, due to injury, and now you're missing the first six games due to a gambling suspension, maybe you shouldn't be the one out there throwing punches. According to David Newton of ESPN, uh, the first fight of Panthers camp was linebacker Jordan Thomas dragging wide receiver C.J. Saunders to the ground. Punches followed. Other teammates engaged. That's the last thing I'll say about it. The other teammates engaged. It does feel like when the offense and defense get to scrapping, you, like, have to step in for your buddy, right? Yeah. Like, you have to. You don't. Be the, be the hey, I'm going to break it up guy. Not the... Oh, I have to stand up for the integrity and 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 have the back of my fellow offensive player. Ah. Or you can do the thing that baseball players do. Right? They run all the way in from the bullpen. They just find someone they know on the other team and like roll around together and pretend like they're fighting to protect themselves. Baseball players are even dumber because they need throwing hands, pitching hands. That's fair. Number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! Kansas and North Carolina men's basketball announced a home and home. I want, do you know what? I, this is my fever dream. This is my fantasy here. I want to take the scheduling process out of the team's hands. I think there should be, I don't know if it's, it's the media rights. Actually, that's now we're talking, right? Yeah. There's the, so much talk about media rights. What if the ACC Right, and their next media rights deal, which isn't going to be negotiated for a billion years because they have everybody locked in until 2036. Uh, but what if they went to the ACC and said, we'll let you schedule three non-conference games for each of our basketball teams and one non-conference football game. You tell us. We don't get to do anything. How much would you pay for that, ACC? Could you get us to Big Ten SEC money? How many is it going to take? That could be part of the negotiation because there's no reason – that Kansas, which, by the way, I learned in this the, the announcement of this home-and-home, home, Kansas had never played a game at Carolina. There are two historic programs, and to my to your point, it's even more surprising that these two teams haven't played each other sooner considering the ties that they both have with Roy Williams. Exactly. I mean, it's the Roy Williams custody match. Not really, but <laughs> I mean, with the national championships, him coaching at both programs. Oh, very much so. Why hasn't this happened sooner? His successor who he had a hand in getting to both of these schools are still coaching yeah right bill self followed him up and and hubert davis followed him up it almost feels like this was a great opportunity last season despite what happened with carolina's basketball season <laughs> the rematch of the national championship mm -hmm. game kansas it's, versus north carolina what do I, my question is why don't we see more of that in college basketball that's what i'm getting or at. college football the blue bloods and that's what they're they're calling it by the way it's been deemed the battle of the blue bloods which seems like a, a one and like a home and home doesn't need a title, but if you want to go with it, go ahead. Put a trophy on the line, right? Uh, but it seems that actually it doesn't seem like I know the Blue Bloods have no deterrent from this. Yeah, right. Like if you play a tough enough conference schedule, that if you're good, you're good, right? Like if you're good, you're gonna make the NCAA tournament. You're gonna have. No one's going to look at either of these teams and say, oh, my gosh, in no early November, you lost to Carolina? 
well, then you can't be in the top 25. Like, that's not going to happen. There's no deterrent. I said this earlier. In college football, there are legitimate deterrents to having tough non-conference games, which is why I appreciate when there are tough non-conference games. EC versus Michigan this upcoming season. The, like I, I mean, part of that, when you go group of five, power five, part of it's a money thing. But, uh, but like, when you see... Uh, like the the kickoff classics or whatever, uh, um, those matter, right? Or, I mean, when Clemson plays South Carolina every year, right? I know they don't really have a choice because that's that's the rivalry and fans would go nuts. Yeah. But like that is making their chances of making the college football playoff less because if you lose a tough non-conference game and you lose one in conference, you're like done up. But in basketball, it's not that way. Why don't these happen more? I want Duke playing Kansas in a home-and-home. I want Duke playing Carolina. uh, Sorry, I want Carolina playing Kansas in a home-and-home. I want Arizona playing Kansas in a home-and-home. I want UCLA in the mix. I want uh, Baylor in the mix. Like, Not just, and I know Duke is good at this, Duke will play everybody neutral neutral court like in their their home away from homes. They'll play an MSG against anybody. Kansas last season, the Champions Classic. But you you can't, exactly. You can't tell me that it's not the home-and-home element of it doesn't bring in more money. Right, a home game against a blue blood? Come on. And if you it, like, obviously you don't go in saying like, "Oh, we're gonna lose." But even if you do, it doesn't hurt you that much. It's just the second time Carolina is going to Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, it's the first time Kansas is coming to the Dean Dome. That that that's missed opportunities left and right. But I do like that they're doing it. So, you know that. There's that, right? It's it's better to start late than to not start at all, but do it a bunch. I want them all. Uh, <laughs> I want to literally every single time. By the way, this is the Starting Five brought to you by Window Nation. Window siding and doors. Check them out. Window Nation. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. Last week, Sean Payton, head coach of the, the Broncos, I think in defense of uh, Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson, obviously everybody here knows him from his time at State. Uh, I think Sean Payton was trying to do some blame redirecting, right? There was a lot of uh, metaphorical arrows pointed at Russell Wilson last last year. And and I think Sean Payton tried to deflect the blame off of Russell to everybody else. And he went a little too aggressive, right? Called... Uh, what the previous coaching staff did, one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history, said anything they did last year, he's going to do the opposite this year. He, oh, everything Russell did that was wrong from uh, bringing his personal team into the locker room. That was really the coach's fault for letting him and all these things. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett took a, took a, the, the, the brunt of it. He was now the offensive coordinator for the Jets, was the head coach for the Broncos last year. Uh, Sean Payton went too far. Sean Payton, by the way, said as much like the next day he talking to the media he was like it was a mistake i wish i didn't say it maybe he knew what was coming from aaron Rodgers, because aaron Rodgers uh defended his boy nathaniel hackett who was his offensive coordinator in green bay and is now once again his offensive coordinator with the new york jets here's aaron Rodgers. yeah i love nathaniel hackett and those comments were very surprising um to, for a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. 
just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Keep my coach's names out of his mouth. Do you think we hear that say to get on hard knocks this upcoming season? Oh, I think there's a lot of things we're already we, – we know what we're going to see on hard knocks. Buckle up. Dalvin Cook was at Jets camp. They were chanting, Dalvin Cook. He's just a free agent running back. Think that'll be on hard knocks? I think so. Garrett Wilson sprained his ankle. He is their golden child, offensive rookie of the year from a season ago. Uh, I think that'll be on hard knocks. Aaron Rodgers, everything he says around a microphone will be on hard knocks. Uh, Sean Payton talking about Robert Sala. Robert Sala's response will be on hard knocks. Uh, Zach Wilson learning from Aaron Rodgers. Reportedly, like, everything he does, his head snaps to, to Aaron Rodgers. Like, what do you think of that? That'll be on hard knocks. Zach There's, Wilson's extracurricular activities. That'll be on hard knocks. Brees Hall coming back from injury. That'll be on hard knocks. Sauce Gardner. Everything he does will be on hard knocks. There's a lot. Um, but I don't think, and I, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. I don't think Aaron Rodgers defending Nathaniel Hackett had that much to do with Nathaniel Hackett or Sean Payton. Because we've seen Aaron Rodgers do the ignore the bully thing. right? Yeah. We, we've seen him do the I don't care what's going on there. Some, have, some could make the argument he's been the bully in previous seasons. Also true. Also true. I think this is – I think this season – is Aaron Rodgers doing everything he possibly can to do for the Jets what he wouldn't do for the Packers? That's a good point. And what I mean by that is, like we, I think we see it in the portal occasionally, where like any time a relationship deteriorates, you go to your new institution, your new franchise, your new college football program, if it's a transfer, and you try to prove everything that the uh, – the, the previous group didn't like about you incorrect. So think about, like, what did Rodgers do to the Packers? Renegotiated contracts, got huge amounts of money, and then used that as leverage against his team to get what he wants. So what did he do with the Jets? Took a $35 million pay cut in guaranteed money. They asked him why. Uh, Peter King asked him why on his... his uh, football morning in America column and Aaron Rodgers said well because good players are traded at the deadline now and I want to make sure we have the resources to go get them you're giving them just in case money yeah every every dollar you got from the Packers felt like you were grabbing it yelling mine and running away and you're giving the Jets like hey just in case here's 35 million guarantee a security deposit pretty much yeah just just like hey you know you might need it right for a rainy day, Le leaving, it for the, the leaving it for the babysitter. I left you forty bucks for pizzas and uh, and and another forty just in case something crazy pops up. Like he's giving them just the extra forty. And then think about it like this: What was a big problem in in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers, right? Oh, they didn't treat my old friends right. Right? I didn't like the way they got rid of Clay Matthews. I didn't like the way they got rid of Jordy Nelson. I didn't like the way Randall Cobb ended, even though you brought him back for me. I they didn't drafted like, Jordan Love. I, I didn't like the way you drafted Jordan Love. Uh, all about this, like, the new guys versus the old guys little thing, right? I don't like the replacements. 
So what's he do the first thing he shows up with the Jets? He's at Madison Square Garden introducing Sauce Gardner to, like, Jessica Alba, right? He's, he's, he's at all of these events with the younger players. Taylor Swift concerts. Exactly. Taylor Swift concerts. That's, that, that's The Packers are going, that's what we wanted from you. We wanted you taking Christian Watson out. We wanted you taking Romeo Dobbs out. You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't do it for us. He's like, yeah, but I'll do it for them. And then this pops up, right? Wild loyalty. You talk about Nathaniel Hackett. I'm coming for you, Sean Payton. And then it's like, well, did you ever do that for Brian Gutekunst or Matt LaFleur? doesn't feel like he ever did. I think he's doing it just to look at the Packers and go, they treat me better, so I treat them better. Hmm. A little petty. Not Aaron Rodgers petty? No way, right? Of course it is. And he's going to hope to hold, like, an MVP trophy and the Super Bowl trophy and look at the Packers and go, like, hmm. This whole... And he plays better with a chip on his shoulder. We should make that clear also. Number two. Just the two of us. Bluffs are being called. Flip over your cards, running backs. That's what's happening right now. All the, and by the way, Miles Sanders, Panthers, not on the Zoom call with the running backs who are discussing the future of the, uh, the, the position and how they're all going to make money, which I think matters, right? Because everybody else... If you're on that Zoom call, guess what that Zoom call was about? And it was led by Austin Eckler, and, and Derrick Henry was there, Christian McCaffrey was there, Jonathan Taylor was there, right? This, this whole Zoom call was an individual need. All they talked about were individual goals of each player. How do you make more money? How do we, as a position, make more money so you can get paid? Help me help you. <laughs> help me help you. Um. Miles Sanders isn't there, right? Which, you're, if you're a teammate, you're like, sweet. He's not putting himself above us. Yeah. Not saying the guys that were on there are being selfish. Uh, I'm just saying the ones that weren't there definitely aren't. And to be fair, if there's any running back right now that can make this argument about wanting to be better than their teammate or deserving more mm-hmm. than their other teammates, it's Miles Sanders coming off that Super Bowl run with the Eagles last season. So I think that's an even bigger positive. Yeah, and they took – like that, what happened to Miles Sanders with Philly is actually exactly what running backs are afraid of, right? They moved on from the guy who might cost a little bit more money and brought in three bargain basement guys, right? The the clearance rack guys, right? It's, it's Rashad Penny. It's it's. I guess they still have. I think it's Gainwell, so they didn't bring him in. Um, and then also uh, Swift. They they traded like a fourth round pick for or whatever it is, uh, and they're paying them less than. So that's all taking place. And the, the part that I find interesting is all of the backs that were on that that call, not all of them, but a lot of them, have tried to throw their weight around. And their teams are just looking at them and saying, all right, do it then, right? It's that moment where somebody walks up and says, like, I should just punch you in the face right now. All right, go ahead. Uh, uh, net, net. Never mind. It's like, oh, you really didn't want to fight. You just wanted me to be afraid of you. Nobody is afraid of the running backs, right? It's the bluff. They're putting their chips in the middle going, I have two aces. And they're like, all right, cool. Match it. Show me your card. Uh, 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 never mind, right? It's, 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 it's. Fold. <laughs> I take it. I don't even want the money. It's like, you're, you're being called out and you don't have the legs to stand on. The latest, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, it's a trade request. 
You don't want to pay me my money. You don't want to give me my extension. I request a trade. Here's Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. I've talked to some teams last night that say, look, he can get a respectable contract, only 24 years old, three years in the league, not a lot of tread on the tires. And he was probably the best running back in all of football in 2021 before he had some ankle issues last year. The issue is giving up draft capital in the, and for the right to pay a running back in this market. It's hard for teams to come around when the money and the climate is not that great for these players. And also the Colts made that very clear last night via owner Jim Irsay. They are not trading Jonathan Taylor under any circumstance. And so the hope here is that Ursay and Taylor's reps can just talk and try to figure something out. It doesn't look good right now based on the relationship, but maybe they can come with an offer down the road. All you have to do is look at the, the running backs that have tried to throw their weight around. Saquon went on a campaign, right? He was out there on podcasts using bad language uh, to talk about what he could do to the Giants. Then he took essentially the franchise tag with I don't know, less than a million in incentives, right? Got bullied into it. Uh, Austin Eckler, I want a trade. Didn't get a trade. Uh, uh, fine, I'll come back. And he's just right back where he started. Now you have Jonathan Taylor. I want a trade. Jim Hersey, no. Right? You have, you, there's no reason for me to listen to you. You can do nothing to me. I'm not afraid of anything you can do to me. You have no leverage. So Jonathan Taylor, good luck, right? I'm. By the way, I like to call myself the lead activist for players' rights. Like, I'm always in favor of players getting paid. If there's ever a, a money dispute between billionaires and millionaires, just by default, I'm probably going to start on the millionaire side before I hear the arguments. Like, I am for players getting every bit that they possibly can. But I'm also here to say, I don't think you can possibly get as much as you think you can possibly get. So maybe tread a little bit carefully. Uh, it's the starting five presented by Window Nation here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Number one. The one! The pads came on today. Panthers camp put on the pads, not just helmets, not just helmets with those weird bubble pads on the outside. I don't know what those are. Uh, th those, those have come about since after I stopped playing where you have a helmet to protect your head and then I guess you have cushions on the outside of the helmet to protect your helmet, which protects your head. Very confusing to me. But it's not just that anymore. Now you throw on the shoulder pads, you throw on the leg pads, they're ready to roll. Which is also a good reminder that up until this point they didn't have pads on. So all of the reactions have been to guys running around in shorts. So now we get a little bit more, right? The, the, the NFL, I say this all the time, it is perfect for our American attention span. The offseason is the perfect length. Because right when we get to the point where we're like, I absolutely need it, they give us a little little drop. For example, the Hall of Fame game coming up this upcoming Hall of Fame Thursday. game on Thursday. Right? Thursday is probably the furthest we could go before we're like a little absence out of mind, right? Right when you think, oh, football, boom, get a little, little dash. Right? They sprinkle in like the draft right there in the middle just to get our gears rolling again. A little free agency action. This is where the rubber hits the road, Tim. So now they, they get like, it. if there was a non-padded practice in the middle of the season, do you realize how little we would care? But because we're so thirsty for football right now, the last week we've been watching highlights of, of players completing passes in, in seven on seven, right? If Jonathan Mingo caught a deep ball from Bryce Young last week when they were both not wearing pads, if a defender wasn't tackling them, which they weren't allowed to do, we got excited because we're so thirsty for it. And now, right as we're kind of getting tired of like, okay, did he complete another down and out? 
They're going to throw shoulder pads on. We're going to get a little bit more excited. Then guess what's going to happen? Because the Hall of Fame game is on Thursday. The next week, Carolina hosts the Jets in the preseason. We're going to get excited for that. First look of Bryce Young in game action, and it's against the Hard Knocks team. Then all of a sudden, hey, we only have two more preseason games till the regular season. It's it, They just give us a little bit more each time. So uh, today, the, 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 the drop of attention that the NFL is giving us is the pads are on. Have we ever seen a player like Bryce Young come in with so many sure things, right? Everybody loves his mindset. Everybody loves his ability to process. Everybody loves everything. But then the size is the question. You throw pads on him, does it change anything? Does it make him look smaller, like he's wearing his big brother's football pads? Does it make it look uh, bigger, like, oh, you know what? He actually, in pads, he's, he doesn't look that small. What are we looking at here? Bryce Young, can he survive? What are we looking at here? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. We are exactly one month away from NC State at UConn. Then once that game takes place, we are two days away, right? Because two days after that game, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Charlotte. Two days after that game, Duke hosts Clemson. That's not all the big games. That's not all the games. But those are three pretty darn important ones that first week of college football. And I don't know about you, the fact that we're a month now feels like we've we've transitioned, right? It's like we can now <laughs> – this you is feel a, that, Tim? What? It's, it's the hair on my arm starting to raise up. It's – it's it, maybe it's just me. I always think that, like, the – if you describe something as, like, 11 weeks, I always go, like, you mean roughly two and a half months? Right? Like, it's months. You should still talk in months. Or every once in a while, you have the parent when you're like, oh, how old's your, your son? And they're like, oh, it, it, 19 months. I'm like, you mean one and a half? Like, what What are we doing here? Like, talk in years. Talk, if, if months exist, talk in months. It's when you get less than a month that you can talk in weeks, right? We're talking in weeks when it comes to games now, right? After today, we're down to like, ah, oh, three, three weeks and change. Right, because we're less than a month to to all of this happening, and that to me feels like we've changed something. I know it's trivial, I know it seems small, but it's 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 a reason to get excited. We are exactly one month away, and these games are not small games. I kind of you know, believe it or not, Wolfpack fans, <laughs> traveling it. to UConn on a Thursday night. It's, it's exactly believe it or not, it's not a small game. That might be the reason why it's considered a big game, because it's Thursday night. Prime time. You're gonna NC State has no choice but to be under the lights. And and it's I mean it's a trap game, don't get me wrong. The reason it's a big game is because it shouldn't be. Right? UConn is not a program that should scare you. It's it's but it's on the road. It's a weekday. You're playing Notre Dame the next week. It's your first game of the year. There's gonna be uh new quarterback, growing new pains, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, all of these things. Like there's the a, race for Doran to get to the winningest coach and NC yep. State program history too. There's a lot of like 
lot of things that should make this a small game, which is why it's a big game, right? It's like, okay, no, you have to take care of your business. And then, of course, Battle of the Carolinas is a big game. Of course, Clemson in Durham is a big game for for Duke. Like, these are what I, th- I feel like I need to come up with a name for it. Uh, I'm big on naming my theories over over time, and, and we're still – this is just the beginning of the third week of the drive here on 99.9 The Fan uh, with me, Tim Donnelly, but – I have things called the Philip Rivers conundrum, the Darren McFadden effect, Ring of Honor complex, the troubling week, the troubling Tim's troubling week one theory. See, that's, that's we'll work on it. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. That'll be a working title. Um, but but like the thing is, certain games I think you learn more, right? Obviously, every game, win or loss, it's like one tally, right? It's it's you you can't win your whole season week one. You can't lose your whole season week one. But I do think there are certain games that you learn more about yourself. And to me, three of the most, like, you're going to learn about your team games, especially for for uh, State, Carolina, and Duke, and I'm saying them in the order that they play, uh, like, I think week one is a heck of a time to have you're like, I'm going to learn about your games. Right? There's a lot of times where maybe there's you know three consecutive tough games and you're like oh this stretch we're going to learn a lot it's rare that you can learn that much week 1 cuz usually you're playing a uh you know i don't want to say a patsy a cupcake but a patsy a cupcake right normally you're playing somebody a tune up game as they're called often these games are not that even if you like yukon may have even been scheduled as a tune up game but then they hired jim mora poured a bunch of money into their program went to a bowl last year and it's like you know what maybe they are a little something more Maybe they're not, but maybe they are, and you have to treat them as if they are. Right? They have a Penn State transfer a quarterback. He got hurt like day one last year for UConn. They still made a bowl. Now he's coming back healthy. And the quarterback that replaced him last year threw more interceptions and touchdowns. They still made a bowl. Now they have uh, Robertson, the Penn State transfer, coming back. Maybe they are something. Looking at Carolina, yeah. Is Spencer Rattler not what the, the all-world thing he was supposed to be? Sure. Right? He was supposed to be the number one pick when he got to Oklahoma. Well, guess what? If he catches fire, he's about as good as anybody. If you knock him off his, his rhythm, he, he's, he's not as good as anybody. But you still have to treat him as if you're going to get right the, the Spencer Rattler that lit up Tennessee last year. Duke, you're getting Clemson. No, I mean, Clemson's not going to sneak up on anybody in the ACC. Uh, you know what you're getting there. You're getting a whole bunch of four- and five-star recruits. They are who they are. Yeah, they, they're they, the they, standard. They, they, they're they're going to be good. And you have to, if you want to level up and be in the upper echelon of the ACC, when you have opportunities against the upper echelon of the ACC, you got to hold your own. So I think we're going to learn a lot about those programs very early in this season, and and it's going to be really fun for us. And it's set up so nicely, right? You have a game, you have an off day to dissect it. Then you focus on the next team. You get a game, you have an off day to dissect it. Then you focus on the next team. You get a game, you have the the rest of the week to dissect it. And then more big games in week two. It's going to be a really, really fun setup to start the season uh, when it comes to college football here in the area. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.